Hello from uh, Mexico. I'm uh, a little bit cold. That's why you'll see me a little bit freezing and that's why I'm having uh, hair issues today. I mean, hat issues. It's supposed to be kind of warm and nice, but it's awfully cold. Um, or maybe I'm just used to the sun. But um, it's kind of a nice view. If you want to take a peek, I don't know if you can see anything. Probably not. There is a sun, but it's just not making it uh, very warm. So uh, maybe I will make it a little bit shorter if I start freezing too fast. I mean, uh, so it wouldn't make much sense if I froze and wouldn't be able to speak what I see or what I hear. So we'll start off today with um, whatever is going up there. Uh, because it's actually a kind of an interesting week. We actually have one of the most auspicious uh, full moon happening on April 5. Some of you are going to be celebrating Passover. Um, some of you are going to celebrate next Sunday Easter. Some of you are celebrate Ramadan uh, right now. It started on the new moon. If you remember in uh, March 22nd, it's going to last until the next new moon. So... It is a month that is considered to be the ninth month of oops, of the year, at least the the, Islam, the Muslim calendar, and it is the year the month where the Quran was revealed. So it is a special time right now because we have a convergence of quite a lot of uh, ceremonies and quite a lot of uh, connection. You know, religion originally is supposed to realign us with the truth. Uh, that's the origin of the name, of course. Uh, you know. It didn't really work according to uh, the plan, but we are trying our best. So this month, we actually have the conversion of Easter, Passover, Ramadan. Ramadan always travels around the year because it's a lunar celebration. So every year it's 11 days earlier. And um, Passover is a lunar solar holiday. It's celebrated always on the first full moon which is a lunar thing, after the equinox, which is a solar thing. And Easter is piggy riding on Passover because Easter is always going to be by default. And according to the story of uh, Easter, one uh, Sunday after the full moon that happens after the equinox. Since Passover, the Last Supper is going to be celebrated this Wednesday and Thursday. Depends where you are in the world. If you're in Israel, it's only on the 5th. If you're abroad, it's 5th and 6th. So you have two nights. And Easter, of course, is going to be the next Sunday after, because according to the story in the New Testament, the story of um, the origin of Christianity, you know that Jesus was born a Jew. He died a Jew. In fact, I was thinking about it this week that if the second coming will happen, actually, it's not the second coming, it's the third coming, but we'll talk about it in a second. If Jesus appears right now and he would want to go pray someplace, he's definitely not going to go to a church. He's definitely not going to go to Rome. He's probably going to go to the nearest synagogue if he's into still celebrating um, Jewish holidays. But that's kind of thing that is a little bit of a cognitive dissonance for some uh, very uh, devout evangelists that they don't realize that with all due respect to their huge... Um, churches and everything if jesus comes again he's gonna go to a synagogue even if it's a tiny small stinking synagogue he's gonna go there because he was born a jew and he died a jew so as a jew he celebrated passover which was the last supper it was always celebrated of course on the full moon 
And then after that, he was, of course, taken by the Roman, trialed and, of course, uh, put into uh, on top of the cross. Uh, that was on Friday. And then on Sunday, he resurrected as he emerged out of the cave. I think we talked about it here, which is kind of an interesting idea that is happening next Sunday. So next Sunday, maybe we'll talk about it even more. But the idea that the first person to encounter Jesus as a God, because he went into the cage, into the cage, into the cave when he was uh, buried as a person, but he emerged out of a God. That whole concept is what's happening to us next, next coming up Friday. According to the uh, story of Christianity, if we want to use these ceremonies, which I always recommend, we're going to have a pretty powerful one also happening this May 5 uh, coming up because it's going to be the day of birth, the day that the enlightenment of Buddha and the time that the Buddha, the day that the Buddha died, all occurred on the full moon in May. And this full moon in May coming up in May 5 is going to be an eclipse, a lunar eclipse. So that's going to be even more intense for us. So we're heading towards definitely a few weeks of a lot of uh, activity with the eclipse on April 20th, the eclipse on April 5 that happens to be the eclipse of enlightenment. We're having the Ramadan, we're having Easter, we're having Passover. So there's definitely a lot of push. I mean, astrology is always there and there's always the connection between the above and the below. But when we put and Dress it with some mythologies, with some stories. It allows the energy to be focused and push it to a certain direction. It's like wearing sneakers and going running instead of running barefoot. So the idea of the next few weeks is that we're having quite a lot of ceremonial and celebratorical, if you can say that, a push, energetically pushes towards things that maybe we need to accomplish or need to work on. So the first one, like we said, is going to be Passover. That's going to be on April 5. We're going to have a full moon in Libra. Passover is always supposed to be celebrated on the full moon in Libra. That kind of makes sense. We're now during Aries. The sun is shining. Aries, Aries is I am. Aries is the liberator. Remember when Moses was standing in front of the burning bush, which is, of course, fire, cardinal fire. It started burning. And uh, he, the bush was telling him, you have to go back to you, Egypt and tell your stepbrother to liberate the cheap labor because they need to go to a place that I will tell them where it is. It's kind of close, but not really. Um, so prepare yourself. And then Moses, after a while, being an Aries, uh, who doesn't like to be told what to do, uh, kind of Moses said to God something that nobody did before. Yo, wh what's your name again? Uh, who are you precisely? And then God says to him, I am that I am, which actually happens to be the key word for Aries. So during the month of Aries, which started on the equinox on March 20th and will end in April 20th, we are asked to, to really focus on our identity, to kind of really understand who are we. We are also confronted with some kind of a burning bush, a call to action. A, a call to action is defined by something that is coming in or out of us, or it could be in from in of us, inside of us, that tells us to do something that our immediate instinct is, no, I don't want to do it. We call it a call to action that you're, you know, like, running towards with your arms wide and hugging is probably not the right call to action. A call to real call to action or call to adventure, something that you have resistance to, a friction to, something that you would say no to. For example, if we're talking about the, the Quran, a Jibril or 
Gabriel came to Muhammad, who was illiterate, and told him, recite. And Muhammad said, well, I don't know how to write. I don't know how to read. What do you want me to recite? And the angel had to bear hug him really tight and force him to do it. The same thing with Moses. Moses was asked by the burning bush to go and liberate his uh, people that he didn't know that were his. Anyway, uh, he said, oh, well, I stutter. I can't really talk that well. Maybe you should choose somebody who can be your better mouthpiece, literally. And then God says, no, don't worry. I'll uh, tell your brother what to say. So the idea is that this month is a month of call to action. The call to action can be around finance. It could be around health. It could be around your relationship. It could be around your relationship with yourself. But the idea is that right now, Jibril is coming to you and forcing you to do something that you absolutely cannot do and you need to. Uh, so that's what we have this month. And we'll talk next week about the symbolism of um, Easter but I do want you to think about something we talked about last year, that the whole idea of Easter is an emergence, an emergence from the, let's say, ego to the higher self. The whole idea is that you are entering the cave on Friday, this Friday, Good Friday. You're coming into your, the mother's womb, in a sense, back to your source. Why do you need to go back there? So you can reboot the system because you can uh, return and get something else in a sense. So you're getting into the womb on Friday. So on Friday, it would be great to do something that represents retreating back inward, going into the yin, going into the feminine, uh, coming back into your source. And then on Sunday, to give birth to the divine part of you, to your higher self. And on Sunday, to do something that can represent your connection to your higher self, your connection to your true potential, your connection to your abilities. So Friday, getting in. So on Sunday, you can emerge. It's literally breathing in in order to breathe out, taking air in order to have a, um, a beautiful song come out of you. So that's what's happening to us this weekend. But before that, let's look at what's going on above and how it might reflect below. So first of all, right now is an interesting period because we have the sun in Aries. And the sun in Aries until April 20th is exalted. Uh, remember, we talked about how every planet uh, has a sign that it feels exalted. It feels more elevated. It feels the best. And there is one sign that that same planet rules, meaning that this is my home. Like I put my um, feet on the table and I feel great. Okay. It's, uh, it's, my, it's my home, but you know, sometimes I treat myself like myself at home. Might not be the best. Then there is a place where the planet might be feeling Fallen. Fallen is opposite to where it wants to be exalted. So wherever sign is exalted, then the planet will be fallen. And wherever the planet is in exile, it means that it's opposite to the sign that it rules. It's very, very simple. It's very, it totally makes sense. So now we are located in the astrological zodiac, or the zodiac, sorry, real estate of zodiac, that the sun, which is the most important by far. That's why I decided to study uh, solar, sorry, solar, yeah, uh, or study Western astrology, because I believe that the sun is definitely the most important thing, not the moon, with all due respect. The moon is very close to us, but the sun is definitely the reason why we are here, not only as humans, but as a solar system. So the idea is that during the month of Aries, we are... Um, being asked 
to exalt the sun because only for 30 days in the year is the sun feeling exalted yes the sun is the ruler of leo and she and he will feel great when leo comes july 23rd to august 23rd approximately that's where the sun goes home to meet the lion pride to lounge there in the sun but during the time of aries it is exalted it's getting the best energy possible so that's what's happened right now. And the sun represents our self-expression. So that is why during the period of Aries, it is your job to rediscover your expression, your, your self-expression. How do you express yourself? Now, every year you might be hopefully evolving and getting better and better. But there might be some years that you express yourself more emotionally. Maybe there will be some years that you express yourself more physically. So if you always thought that movement is your way of expression, during the time of Aries, you should go take some dancing classes. If you think it is your voice, maybe you should um, start singing more or take um, voice classes. You know, whatever is your way of expressing yourself during the period of Aries, it is extremely powerful to uh, develop it. More so this year, because Jupiter, which is the giver of gifts, it's the enhancer of energy, is also now in Aries, and that happens only 12, uh, once in 12 years. So you can have your self-expression next year and the year after, great, but you're not going to have Jupiter helping you out. So what's happening right now, you're like a king that is wearing its beautiful cape. So you have one more source of symbolism to identify who you are. So Jupiter on top of Aries, in Aries, Vesta being in Aries, and Chiron being in Aries gives a lot of opportunities for us to really discover our self-expression and to maybe pay attention to it, refine it, change it, and maybe reconnect to it. So that's part of what's happening to us this week. And especially with the full moon in Aries, full moon, it's like the glorious period of time during the month. It's the peak of the energy of the month. We're going to have that situation of, um, let's say, full-on expression of yourself, especially how it is reflected through other people. Why? Because the moon is going to be in mirror-like Libra. So if you want to know precisely what is my self-expression looking like yeah, for the next year at least, definitely check out what's happening synchronicity-wise around the 4th, the 5th, and 6th of April, which is this month. It will be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So that's something to look into because I think it's something that can really help us identify precisely what we want to or how we express ourselves and how what, what, what is our message even. So that's happening this week. Really pay attention to it. And also, you'll see that now, today, the sun is 12 degrees Aries. That's the 12 degrees out of 30, right? Every sign, 360 divides to 12. Every sign occupies 30 degrees of real estate in the zodiac wheel. And what there is a few degrees that are very, very important. I think I sent you an email about it a few days ago, about the 29 aspect the 29 we talked about the 29 degree but um there are two deg three degrees let's say that are very important the zero zero one if anybody's born on the first day of any sign zero zero that will be that for example the equinox uh, the spring equinox will always be zero zero aries the uh, summer solstice in the northern hemisphere will always be zero zero degrees of cancer 
So if you look at your chart and it says zero, zero, uh, it's not a bathroom sign. It's not that you are born on the bathroom day. You're born on the day of the joker, the day of the fool. Zero, zero is very, very important. Also, if you're born on the 22nd, by the way, it's associated with the joker, the fool. And that means that you are the essence, the pure, the, you know, like how they do it in, um, what is in homopathic, homopathic, that you have that uh, essence, the pure essence, which is uh, really the concentrated um, taste of that specific medicine, the, 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 the potential, the power. So you can say that the most powerful capsule of Ariesness is zero, zero degrees Aries. Of Taurus is zero, zero degrees Taurus. For example, it's going to be April 20th. So the 15th is associated with the, hmm, how can we say it? you know, like um, quintessential, quintessential. Yeah, I think that's a good word and I'm surprised I could actually pronounce it. The quintessentialness of Aries will be the 15 degrees Aries. Of Taurus, 15 degrees Taurus. Why? Think about it. You're going to France and you're visiting France. So uh, you're just crossed the border from Switzerland. It's still influenced by the neatness of Swiss. And then uh, you, or you go from the, uh, from Spain you know, you're still influenced in the Pyrenees from the um, uh, from the Spaniard cuisine or from the Basque. So they speak a little bit of French, but morely Spanish. And even if you are in France on the border with uh, Spain, they might be speaking to you with a very thick, weird Spanish accent. Where will be the pure France, you know, like the, uh, how do you call it, the salt of the land and 15 degrees uh, France, probably in the center, the ge geographical center of the country. They're very far away from the borders, very far away even from Paris or any kind of foreign influence. And they are pure French. They speak pure French. They don't know any other languages and they're very happy with the Frenchness. That's the same thing that's happening to science around the 15th degree of the sign. It's right in the center. It's very far away from the cusp of Pisces, very way far away from the cusp of Taurus. We are pure Aries, pure Arian. So that's happening to us right on the, it happens to be like that, right this, this year, it's going to be right on the full moon. So not only we have the fullness of the moon, we also have the fullness of Aries. That's why I think that this year is really a year to preoccupy yourself and focus yourself on your self-expression. If it needs to be fixed, it needs to be changed. Maybe you need to look deep into how you can be more of you with less work and less effort. And again, it is amplified by the fact that the sun is going to be 15 degrees Aries right on top of Chiron, which is 15 degrees Aries, and right on top of Jupiter, which is 19 degrees Aries. So this full moon is very, very crucial, whether you are a Christian celebrating the um, echo, we can call it, of the Last Supper of Christ, or if you're a Jew and celebrating Passover, or if you are not eating anything during that time because you're a Ramadan, at least when the sun is out, you're celebrating Ramadan, or maybe you're a Buddhist and you're a Jew in a past lifetime. So anyway, you look at it, this week is extremely powerful, again, around the idea of who are you? Remember the caterpillar from uh, Alice in Wonderland. So it's very much about defining your identity. So again, self-expression relates to your identity, relates to your body, relates to what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of uh, how you look at the world, how the world looks at you. And everything that expresses your, your life even. Because remember, self-expression is the sun. And the sun is the most important thing. The rest of the planets are just uh, details. 
And again, because we have right now Chiron, the wounded healer, 15 degrees Aries, and Chiron is spending a lot of time in Aries. It started in the 90s. It's going to go on until uh, 2028 approximately. So we're dealing with quite a lot of time of uh, Aries, uh, Chiron being in Aries. Chiron loves to be in Aries. Chiron is the wounded healer who was the teacher of the uh, of the warriors the fighters and of course Ares is the warrior and the fighter so if you think about people like Hercules or Achilles uh, Ajax or Patroclus all of those people were very Ares like the other thing that's happening uh, this week is the what is happening this year ah yeah what I wanted to say is that the sun in Aries is exalted but the ruler of Aries which is Mars is actually fallen because now for the next month he's going to be in cancer he doesn't like to be in cancer he feels a little bit sluggish he feels like a a fighter a warrior where all of his uh, weapons are wet and uh, his knives are uh, rusting you know because knives and daggers which are ruled by Aries weapons which are ruled by Aries do not work very well with water unless they're submarines you know so mars being in cancer minerva being in cancer there could be a little bit too much passive aggressiveness because when mars is not channeled the right way he can't confront the situation he goes around especially when it's in cancer which is known for working back and forth right cancers uh, sorry go but sideways like the like the crab sometimes they beat around the bush so uh, you might get frustrated even with yourself with other people because of that mars uh, in cancer that is not being super direct however we're still influenced by that mars uh, trying saturn which is great uh, we talked about it last week but it's fading fading meaning that yeah, it's over if you haven't used it until then forget about it it's done What's happening today is the moon is moving into Virgo. So if you're criticizing me, it's totally normal. If I criticize other, it's totally normal. Moon in, uh, moon in Virgo is a lot of demands, criticism, perfectionism, but also getting things done. So the moon in Aries is the clockmaker. Uh, sorry, the moon in uh, Virgo, the clockmaker, the watchmaker. It's all about paying attention to small details and getting things done. So this day, today, tomorrow, we have the moon in Virgo pushing us forward, making things work, especially around diet, health, work. And especially because anytime now the moon is going to be in an earth sign, she's going to be activating the north and south node, which means good karma downloaded to you. She's going to be activating Uranus, which is the planet of tradition, technology, innovation, communities, people, awakening, and Venus, which is money, talents, and self-worth. So right now, this next month or so, actually it's going to last more. No, actually it's a few weeks. Um, when the moon is in the earth sign like it's going to be today and tomorrow and on Tuesday it is giving us a big push towards relationship partnerships some innovation thinking outside of the box but in a very practical pragmatic way but as you look at the chart there is a Saturn opposite to the moon today it could be a little bit um, emotionally more draining there could be some issues with some family members so if you're Sunday you're going out someplace or you were outside and there was some fights with uh, family members totally makes sense Saturn is opposite to the moon it also could cause a, a little bit of friction especially with women mother figures women bosses so just be a little bit more um, forgiving Tomorrow, April 3rd, the moon is still in Virgo and the moon is actually sending a beautiful trine tomorrow, Monday, the day of the moon, to Uranus and to Venus. A lot of great ideas, a lot of great ideas that could actually be grounded and used. So pay attention to your insights, to these aha moments. And again, 
very strong. You see the trine coming between Uranus and Venus and the moon. Very pragmatic, very practical. We also have a little sextile to uh, to Minerva, the goddess of uh, just war. So you have strategy working in the service of your gut feelings and your emotions. Uh, working in the service of making money, art, design, colors, and especially if you can implement some technology innovation and doing something unique, original, even taking a risk. Tomorrow could work really, really well. And uh, you can see the sun heading closer and closer to the 15th degree mark, which I told you is the pure energy, pure essence of Aries, which will happen on the full moon. If we look on the day after, on April 4, you can see it's a Tuesday, like I suggested. Sun is 14 degrees Aries, Chiron 15 degrees Aries, Jupiter 19 degrees Aries. We have a beautiful stellium, a beautiful conjunction of asteroid and two planets that are in the center of Aries. Very, very positive for us, especially for leadership, initiation, start new things. Now, I don't want to start uh, scaring you guys, but Mercury retrograde is coming. It's coming. We had four months without any retrogrades, and they're going to start coming and pouring uh, at us. So the first one, of course, is going to be Mercury retrograde, which is the most important thing, but important retrograde, and he's going to already start his shadow on April 7. So from April 7, you have to start paying a little bit more attention to everything that has to do with technology innovation, not to sign any documents, not to start big projects. Now, April 7, you don't have to not do it because it's still Mercury going direct until April 20th. But there's going to be these two weeks from April 7 to about April 20th, which we're also going to have the eclipse then, that Mercury is going to be in the shadow. In the shadow basically means that he's going to go over the part of the zodiac where he's going to retrograde in. So it's almost as if it's... Uh, it's almost like precognition. It's almost like an insight. It's, it's like experience something from a future that has not yet happened. A future memory, in a sense. So Mercury retrograde, oh, sorry, Mercury shadow retrograde before or pre-shadow retrograde is like a future memory. It's almost like feeling what will be happening. It's a precursor. It's a little preview of what you might have to deal with. So maybe there's going to be some uh, misunderstanding happening at work. Okay, it's going to be misunderstanding in work once Mercury goes direct, uh, retrograde from April 20th until middle of May. Or maybe it's constantly... Um, leaks in your house. Okay, leaks are going to be my biggest issue or issues that come out of the leaks will be my biggest issue. So it's kind of like a, a little teaser. I always call it a Trader Joe sample, you know, when you get a little bit of uh, something to eat and it's there to lure you or to, to kind of seduce you to buy it, but it's not going to fill you. But you might be able to tell, okay, I'll buy it. And then in a week or two weeks, I'm going to make a dinner from it. So that's precisely what the pre-shadow retrograde of Mercury is. And because it's going to be in Taurus, because Mercury is moving into Taurus. Oops, I forgot to see when it's moving into Taurus. Yeah, it's moving into Taurus that day. On April 4th, that's why I'm talking about it so much. So the next three weeks, we're going to have Mercury in... Sorry, the next two months, three months, we're going to have Mercury in Taurus because Taurus Mercury is going to go direct, then it's going to be retrograde, then it's going to go direct, all of it in Taurus. Mercury, he's not fallen or, or, or in... Um, exile in Taurus but he doesn't like to be in Taurus so imagine Mercury wants to be on a horse or wants to fly right to get really fast to the message or on a motorbike or um, even a bicycle if I must 
But Mercury in Taurus, Mercury suddenly the messenger, this postman is asked to go on a bull. And, and the bull is going to be now the one that carries the messages from one place to the other. Bulls are stubborn. They're fixed earth signs. They don't like moving so much. It's heavy. It's not a very efficient, uh, uh, let's say, transporting beast. So Mercury in Taurus, you just have to imagine Mercury, the messenger of the gods with his little wings, sitting on a bull or worse, on a cow or worse, on a holy cow in India that nobody's allowed to even touch. So Mercury in Taurus is like the, in the tarot card, it's the six of discs and it represents worry. So there might be a lot of worrying, a lot of fussing about small details. And especially when Mercury ingresses, meaning that he's just moving into Taurus, he's going to get the most amount of uh, resistance, especially because also the moon is going to be in Virgo at that time. So we're going to have on Tuesday, like I told you, moon in Virgo, criticism, Mercury in Taurus, worry. So there's a little bit of um, energy there that is a little bit missing, a little bit off. Uh, But the good news is that we're going to have Mercury in Taurus, North Node in Taurus, Uranus in Taurus, Venus in Taurus, and Taurus is all about beauty, art, but it's also about finance, money, everything that has to do with um, uh, the five senses. So you're going to have to start communicating more through the tone of your voice, the melody of your um, sentences. You know, uh, you're going to have to try to maybe tell people that, um, or if you have to get some collaboration from people, feed them or make sure that you're meeting in a place that smells good or give them jasmine flowers that may, may smell and open their heart to your uh, suggestions. So what I'm saying is that communication should flow better in the next three, few weeks through the five senses. So the more pleasant the five senses could be while you're delivering a message, the more likely the message will be picked up, especially when we're talking about Venus, money in Taurus, Mercury now in Taurus, the North Node until July 13 in Taurus, and Uranus until 2026 in Taurus. So we are now having this duality of this week of Taurus-Aries connection the horned animals, you can say. And as you can see on Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Mercury is going to be, like I said, moving into Taurus and we are moving towards the 5th. So April 5th is, as you can see, the full moon. You can see it really bluntly. The sun is in Aries. The moon is in Libra. And sun is on top of Chiron, on top of Jupiter, on top of Vesta. But the most important thing is the fact that on that day, on the uh, on Wednesday, which is Passover, the sun is 15 degrees, Chiron is 15 degrees, the moon is 15 degrees, everything is 15 degrees. And we said 15 degrees is the pure force of the sign. Now, let's see precisely, at least in London time, when is the actual full moon? Um, And then you're going to have to translate it to wherever you are. I'm not talking about London time, sorry, I'm talking about uh, universal time. So to get it to 15 degrees, the moon, which will mean that the moon is precisely on the full moon. Where is it? Ah, interesting. What's going to actually happen is that by the time the moon goes into 15 degrees, it's going to move. uh, The sun is going to move into 16 degrees. Okay, so we're going to miss in a few degree, a few minutes, the actual actual 15 degrees, but it's 16 degrees. And 16 degrees moon, the Sabian symbol, is a, re- a retired sea captain. Huh, maybe some politician is going to decide to retire or something. Um, 16 degrees sun is going to be two prime, two prime spinster, spinsters sitting together in silence. Oh my God, that's not very um, interesting. 
but maybe the 15 degrees was a little bit better. But anyway, we're talking about the full moon happening in 6.06 a.m. in April 6th if you're in London. Of course, if you are in the United States, it's going to be on the 5th. Uh, but that's why it's always confusing about Passover. So that's why Passover is supposed to be celebrated on the full moon in Israel. But then when you are starting to look into time zones, they decided to have two Passover, the one Passover on the actual Passover, the other one just to make sure that we haven't missed the full moon because the full moon Passover might have fallen between the 5th and the 6th. That's precisely what's happening this year. So the idea is that at 6.06 a.m. on April 6th, if you're in universal uh, time, you can translate it to wherever you are. That's when the actual full moon is. That is the time of that uh, powerful vortex uh, I told you about that has to do with liberation, that has to do with uh, coming out of the dark into the light, that has to do with liberating yourself from your Pharaoh. So to make it a little bit more, let me move it back to the fifth. To make it more clear for you what you need to do on the 5th is some kind of a ritual or maybe some kind of an exercise with yourself that you can use the energies of Passover to your advantage because it is a powerful vortex that for 3,000 years at least uh, people were celebrating it. Or, uh, no, sorry, we know for sure from the letters of the um, um, Elephantine island in uh, the Niles, that, the, in the Nile River, that there are Jews celebrating Passover at least for 2,800 years, because these letters basically were sent from the Niles. There was a battalion or, or a brigade of um, uh, Hebrews that were basically mercenaries there, and they sent letters to uh, to Jerusalem to ask them how to celebrate Passover, which is kind of funny because in the letters they actually mention the worship of Ashtara or Astara or Ashter, which is the goddess. So we know that 2,800 years ago, Jews were celebrating Passover, but they were implementing some uh, element of feminine goddess worship as well, which is kind of interesting and totally appropriate if you think about it because Passover is a full moon between the sun, Aries, the moon, Feminine energy in Libra. But what you could do with that day is to imagine where are you repressed? Are you physically repressed, emotionally repressed? In your work, are you repressed? In your relationship, maybe by yourself, whatever it is that oppresses you will become your Pharaoh, will become your Egypt. Egypt in Hebrew is called Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim comes from the word straight, uh, narrow. And the idea of narrow, it's not the Straits of Suez. That's a new edition, like 150, what, 200 years ago. But the idea of the Straits or Mitzrayim, is that if you look at the map of Egypt, you'll see the Nile slithering down there, meandering down to uh, the delta uh, in the Mediterranean, and that is Egypt. Egypt is not that land that you see, the borders, you know, that, those are very uh, hypothetical Egypt. The real Egypt is like a few kilometers or maybe one mile to each side of uh, the Nile that is Egypt. It's very, very narrow because that's the only place you could live. That's why the Egyptians saw the color red as the color of evil, because as you walk away from the Nile, you will see, you will die from the heat of the desert, and that is the evil, the source of evil in a sense. So the land that is restricted, it also became a symbol in Kabbalah of the ego, because the ego restricts our soul. Our soul can do, can do whatever she wants, but, and we are born here into this life, our ego, our life, time, space, being human, restricts our soul, 
and takes away some of its beautiful magic, like the ability to fly, the ability to know the future, and so forth. So the idea behind Passover is that you have a chance to liberate yourself, as Moses liberated the Hebrews and the slaves, from their enslavement, from their bondage, in a way. So what are you bonded to? What are you still in debt, in a sense, energetically speaking? How can you liberate yourself? Because this first, let's say, part of April 5th should be looking into what is my oppression. What oppresses me? What puts me down? What does not enable me to reach my full potential? Okay. Once you discover that, that is declared as your Egypt. Whoever is inflicted on you, it on you is your Pharaoh. Okay, then you have to figure out who is your Moses, who is the one that's going to come and save you and make this um, uh, come with his magic, you know, with his rod of many powers, with his staff and liberate you and part the Red Sea for you. All these emotions that are stuck and help you break away from the patterns, patterns, patron, patron, who is the patron, the Pharaoh, so that you can reach your holy land, so you can reach your promised land and your promised land is your uh, who you would like to be or who you think you uh, deserve to be and your full potential let's say manifested land of milk and honey you know and the idea of Moses is that Moses is your higher self Moses is um, maybe a future lifetime sitting under a body tree about to get enlightenment and they kind of like come to rescue you and come to help you and come create some miracles for you so if you can just take the story of Exodus and change the dynamic so that it fits much more your own life, you can actually benefit from this full moon to let go of your shackles, to let go of your chains. Because that's really the idea behind the full moon that comes after the spring equinox. Because what is the spring equinox? Is the breaking away from the shackles of winter and being able to rich life, rich the promised land of milk and honey, which is spring. You know, if you think about it, in the old days, we didn't have uh, the means to uh, just go to the supermarket and buy whatever we want. So the idea is that we are uh, mimicking, let's say, or reliving or participating in this celestial ritual, in a way, by adding the story. And you can add the story of Exodus, or you can change and update the story of Exodus by looking at your own Exodus from your own faults, in a sense, or from uh, your own um, unfortunate or ill-begotten fate. Okay, So this is a time that you can really break free um, that's, again, April 5th, and it's supported by the fact that Chiron is on top of the sun. That's great, because the sun on top of Chiron means once a year that you are very aware of your wounds. You could be very aware of what your uh, chains are and what shackles you and what puts you in the uh, dungeons. So that's going to actually help us. Of course, it could bring some insecurities. It can bring some challenges. But overall, it should be very helpful in taking care of um, your liberation. If we look at April 6th, we have a Jupiter a Sun getting closer and closer to Jupiter. It's going to happen officially on Easter. 
So that's kind of interesting that we had on Passover the conjunction of the Sun and Chiron, and in Easter we're going to have the conjunction of the Sun and Jupiter. Very, very appropriate. Uh, the Moon is moving into Libra, of course, because we are on the full Moon in Aries, so we have this Libra Sun opposite Libra. You know, the full Moon in Libra, regardless of Passover, Easter, and all that, it's really also an issue of I versus thou. How much you focus on yourself, how much you focus on your partners partners in work, partners in life. So this week is also trying to kind of arrange the dynamic and the budgets, you can say, emotional, spiritual budget, intellectual budget, time-wise budget between you and your partner or between how much I'm dedicating in my partnership and what am I getting for it and what am I giving to my partner or to my partnerships in general. So it's a lot of I versus thou happening this week and a lot of mirrors. So if people children, neighbors, bosses, co-workers are kind of um, testing your boundaries, it is very much about this situation because your son, you being Aries, you're confronted with the moon in Libra, which is your mirror. So whoever is your mirror, whoever helps you understand who you are, is going to be even stronger this week because of Chiron and because of this opposition of the sun and the moon. But the moon in Libra is the moon of peace. So overall, it should be a peaceful time, hopefully. Uh, I'm not so sure if peaceful is the right word during Aries and Mars in um, in fallen situation. No, it's not going to be peaceful, but the moon in Libra is all about breathing. Maybe you can do some work with breath around uh, the fifth, the sixth that can really help. And the moon in Libra can be good for resolution of um, relationship issues or even law issues. If we look at uh, April 7, we are talking about a change of energy completely. It's a Friday and we're moving towards the moon in Scorpio. So once a month, the moon is touching the south node. And basically what she asks you to do is to undo, to let go, to cut things out, especially around patterns from home, issues from family. It's kind of interesting. It's a day, two days after the full moon. We might feel a little bit down from it. There might be some sluggish energy there, especially because the moon is going to be also opposite to Mercury, logic and intellect. Sorry, logic and emotions, intellect and passion are a little bit at war, especially because the moon is in Scorpio. It's super passionate. And Mercury in Taurus, it says, I'm a little bit confused. I don't know what's happening. I'm worrying all the time. So it could be a little bit of uh, air versus air, like air versus water, intellectual issues, um, trying to to, to cover up or to drown some emotional or vice versa so just be aware that there could be a little bit of um, hiccups on Friday so Friday could be a little bit off Uh, and the moon in Scorpio is of course fallen the only good thing about that day is that creates a beautiful trine of water between Saturn Mars and the moon which actually are not easy planets all of them and they're both uh, wait a second no three of two of them are in fallen places it's still it works really well to help you. Why? Because if you're feeling down, there is this emotional regeneration. So Friday, even though it can put you down, it also can put you up. So there is kind of a, let's say, yes, you're going to have this uh, cannon of water splashing all over you, but then you will be able to go and go to the jacuzzi and dry yourself up after and feel actually okay after. So again, cold showers will be great on Friday, especially because of the water element. Uh, Do some activity in water if you can. Connect to your feelings. Don't be afraid to feel. The day after is a Saturday, April 8. You see that um, uh, the moon is still in Scorpio. She's going to be in Scorpio also in uh, uh, during 
Easter, which is not too bad because Easter is all about transformation. Coming out of the womb, the moon in Scorpio definitely is the moon of transformation. So that day, what we have on Saturday, we have the moon in uh, Scorpio squaring the moon, the black moon. That could be a little bit of issue of jealousy, possessiveness. You might see your dark side a little bit too uh, abrupt or too bluntly displayed. So just be a little bit nice if possible. The moon is opposite to Uranus. A little bit of madness, crazy, unpredictable thing, unpredictable guests, uh, um, electrical things that might be going off. Don't forget that already from April 7, we're moving into the shadow of Mercury. So again, a little bit... Um, uh, this weekend is not the easiest, unfortunately, sorry. And on a Sunday, which we're going to have, of course, Easter, the moon is still going to be in Scorpio, the moon of transformation. And we have the sun right on top of Jupiter, a conjunction. The sun is actually right between Chiron and Jupiter. The actual conjunction is going to be probably uh, Monday, Tuesday. But we're applying the sun on top of Jupiter, which is always, always very positive. Uh, the moon is sending beautiful energy that day to Neptune, which means dreams, fantasies, but also a lot of imagination, a lot of intuition, a lot of gut feelings that's going to come your way. So that will be, again, very, very auspicious. So I'm happy that at least next week we'll start a little bit better off. Uh, was there anything that I wanted to... Um, don't think that I saw anything that was super... Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I read one thing this week, the latest uh, war in Ukraine. Finland clears last hurdle to join NATO, uh, reshaping balance of power. Now, it's interesting because in my book of 2023, I wrote an, uh, something like this. It is also interesting to note that votes in Finland and Sweden that decided to join the EU while Saturn was in Pisces the last time. So Pisces, remember, Saturn was in Pisces. Um, 93, 94, 95, that's when Finland and Sweden decided to join the EU. And I said in the book, 2023, that now that Saturn is going to be back into Pisces, we're going to see the seafaring countries like Finland and um, uh, Sweden maybe joining the NATO. And that's precisely at least... Um, Finland made it. I'm pretty sure Sweden eventually will follow. There was some resistance, I think, from Turkey, from Hungary and from other places. But the idea is that at least Finland has joined. So that was nice. I wanted to let you know that, um, yes, we, I'm going to be in New York. By the way, some people ask me the dates. It's going to be April 28th to May 5th uh, or May 6th. So if you want to do a reading in uh, person, you can send me a message on Instagram or you can send me a message uh, uh, through my website or my email, gahl108 at Yahoo. And we're going to do a cluster in Woodstock. I know it's kind of a little bit out of sight of New York, but we planned it uh, with Laura Day that we're going to have the class at 12, my class, then we're going to have a yoga class, then we have her class. So if you guys come there for a night or if you just come there, up, drive up there, uh, we're going to have very intimate classes on astrology, on intuition. And I'm also going to do the webinar on the, what is it about? Numerology, yes, about numbers and the power of numbers and how you can use those numbers uh, to uh, in your life. So again, I'm sending you a lot of love from Mexico. Maybe I'll try to open um, so you can get to see. Can you see anything? You see the beautiful green hills. Now I blocked everything. 
No, now I think, ah, that's perfect. So because I'm here, you can actually see. See? Heel, sky, houses, 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 and a lot of yellow. Yellow, 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 trees. Anyway, I'm going to go to the sun because I'm freezing. And um, thanks a lot for uh, bearing with my shaking uh, teeth. And I wish you a happy Ramadan, happy Ramazan, happy Passover, happy Pesach, happy Easter, happy Pascha. Uh, just happiness in general. Even if you don't do nothing, just be happy. And uh, don't worry, even though Mercury is in uh, Virgo and in Taurus and have a wonderful, wonderful um, week. And I'll see you on Easter as we all emerge out of the cave into Maria Magdalena. She was the first to recognize Jesus. The rest couldn't see him, don't know him, looks familiar, I don't remember. And then Maria Magdalena said, I know you, you're Jesus Christ. Yes, I am. So from the womb to a woman. So that's why Easter is definitely after Oestra, we'll talk about it next week, the goddess uh, celebration. Thanks a lot and um, love to you all.